Once again, I'm reading The Magic Pudding, The Adventures of Bunyip Bluegum, written and illustrated by Norman Lindsay. Bill was a small man with a large hat, a beard half as large as his hat, and feet half as large as his beard. Sam Sornoff's feet were sitting down, and his body was standing up, because his feet were so short and his body so long that he had to do both together. They had a pudding in a basin, and the smell that arose from it was so delightful that Bunyip Bluegum was quite unable to pass on. Pardon me, he said, raising his hat, but am I right in supposing that this is a steak and kidney pudding? At present it is, said Bill Barnacle. It smells delightful, said Bunyip Bluegum. It is delightful, said Bill, eating a large mouthful. Bunyip Bluegum was too much of a gentleman to invite himself to lunch, but he said carelessly, Am I right in supposing that there are onions in this pudding? Before Bill could reply, a thick angry voice came out of the pudding, saying, Onions, bunions, corns and crabs, whiskers, wheels and handsome cabs, beef and bottles, beer and bones, give me a feed and end his groans. Albert, Albert, said Bill to the pudding, where's your manners? Where's yours, said the pudding rudely guzzling away there, and never so much as offering this stranger a slice. There you are, said Bill. There's nothing this pudding enjoys more than offering slices of himself to strangers. How very polite of him, said Bunyip. But the pudding replied loudly, Politeness be sugared, politeness be hanged, politeness be jumbled and tumbled and banged. It's simply a matter of pudding on pace, Politeness has nothing to do with the case. Always anxious to be eaten, said Bill, that this puddin's mania. Well, to oblige him, I ask you to join us at lunch. Delighted, I'm sure, said Bunyip, seating himself. There's nothing I enjoy more than a good go in at a steak and kidney pudding in the open air. Well said, remarked Sam Sornoff, patting him on the back. Hearty eaters are always welcome. You'll enjoy this pudding, said Bill, handing him a large slice. This is a very rare pudding. It's a cut and come again pudding, said Sam. It's a Christmas steak and apple pudding, said Bill. It's a... Shall I tell him, he asked, looking at Bill. Bill nodded, and the penguin leaned across to Bunyip Bluegum and said in a low voice, It's a magic no whispering shouted the puddin angrily speak up don't strain a puddin's ears at the meal table no harm intended albert said sam i was merely remarking how well the crops are looking call him albert when addressing him he added to bunyip bluegum it soothed him i am delighted to make your acquaintance albert said bunyip no soft soap from total strangers, said the puddin' rudely. Don't take no notice of him, mate, said Bill. That's only his rough and ready way. What's this puddin' requires is politeness and constant eatin'. They had a delightful meal, eating as much as possible, for whenever they stopped eating, the puddin' sang out, 
Eat away, chew away, munch and bolt and guzzle. Never leave the table till you're full up to the muzzle. But at length they had to stop, in spite of these encouraging remarks, and as they refused to eat any more, the puddin' got out of his basin, remarking, If you want, won't eat any more, he's given you a run for the sake of exercise. And he set off so swiftly on a pair of extremely thin legs that Bill had to run like an antelope to catch him up. My word, said Bill when the puddin' was brought back. You have to be smart as paint to keep this puddin' in order. He's that artful lawyers can't manage him. Put your hat on, Albert, like a little gentleman, he added, placing the basin on his head. He took the puddin's hand, Sam took the other, and they all set off along the road. A peculiar thing happened about the puddin was that, though they had all had a great many slices off him, there was no sign of the place where the slices had been cut. That's where the magic comes in, explained Bill. The more you eat, the more you gets. Cut and come again is his name, and cut and come again is his nature. Me and Sam has been eating away at this puddin' for years, and there's not a mark on him. Perhaps, he added, you would like to hear how we came to own this remarkable puddin'. Nothing would please me more, said Bunyip Bluegum. In that case, said Bill, let her go for a song. Who the cook of the saucy sausage was a fellow called curry and rice, a son of a gun as fat as a ton with a face as round as a hot cross bun, or a barrel to be precise. One winter's morn we rounds the horn, a rollin' homeward bound. We strikes on the ice, goes down in a trice, and all on board but curry and rice, and me and Sam is drowned. For Sam and me and the cook, you see, we climbs on a lump of ice, and there in the sleep we suffered a treat. For several months from frozen feet, with nothing at all but ice to eat, and ice does not suffice. And Sam and me, we couldn't agree with the cook at any price. We was both as thin as a piece of tin, while there were cook was bustin' his skin. Oh, nothing to eat but ice. Says Sam to me, it's a mystery, more deep than words can utter. Whatever we do, he's me and you, us both as thin as Irish stew, while he's as fat as butter. But late one night we wakes in fright to see by a pale blue fare. Their cook has got in a phantom pot a big plum duff and a rump steak hot, and the guzzling wizard is eaten a lot on top of the iceberg bear. There's a verse left out there, said Bill, stopping the song, owing to the difficulty of explaining exactly what happened when me and Sam discovered the deceitful nature of that cook. The next verse is as follows. Now Sam and me can never agree what happened to curry and rice. The whole affair is shrouded in doubt, for the night was dark and the flare went out. And all we heard was a startled shout, though I think myself in the subsequent rout. Thus being thin and him being stout, in the middle of pushing a shovin' about, he must have fell off the ice. That won't do, you know, began the pudding. But Sam said hurriedly, it was very dark and there's no saying at this date what happened. Yes, there is, said the pudding. For I had my eye on the whole affair, and it's my belief that he hadn't been so round you'd have never rolled him off the iceberg for you to was both singing out. You heave ho for half an hour, 
and him trying to hold on to Bill's beard. In the haste of the moment, said Bill, he may have got a bit of a shove, for the ice being slippy and us being justly enraged, and him being as round as a barrel, he may, as I said, have been too far to save himself from rolling off the iceberg. The point, however, is immaterial to our story, which concerns this puddin. And this puddin, said Bill, patting him on the basin, was the very puddin that curry and rice invented on the iceberg. He must have been a very clever cook, said Bunyip. He was a poor fellow, he was, said Bill, greatly affected. For plum duff or Irish stew, there wasn't his equal in the land. But enough of these sad subjects. Pausing only to explain that me and Sam got off the iceberg on a homeward-bound chicken coop, landed on Terra del Fugo, walked to Valparaiso, and so got home. I will proceed to enliven the occasion with the ballad of the Boson's Bride. Time for a rest. <laughs>